Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to the 49ers Inside the Oval podcast presented by Dignity Health. I'm Haley Jones. And I'm Patty Kwan. And today we are joined by 49ers Foundation Executive Director Justin Prettyman. Justin, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much uh, for having me. It's uh, really an, an honor. You're also now our favorite uh, guest ever because you brought us candy. Well, you know, <laughs> like I said, you gotta grease the wheel sometimes. Justin... Can you take us through your job responsibilities as executive director of the 49ers Foundation and just tell us what the foundation does? So I might be a little biased, but I think I have the best job in the building uh, because I get to combine two of my passions and I get to work uh, on the philanthropic side. So raising money for our work in the community. I came on in 2017 and uh, essentially what we do is we run direct service programs. So we have two programs in the building in, in Levi Stadium, that's 49ers EDU, presented by Chevron. We're a unicorn. We're super lucky to have four classrooms in the north end zone of the stadium. We have amazing educators who work on the program and bringing students into the building, literally, and teaching them science, technology, engineering, arts, and math using football. Um, and then our other program is more boots on the ground in the community, and that is 49ers Prep, presented by U.S. Bank. That is going out into schools across uh, the nine counties of the Bay Area, working directly with young people. And I get the awesome job of working with um, a team who raises money to fund that work. Since you joined in 2017, how have you seen the foundation evolve or grow in that time? Significantly. It's been... um, I'm glad that I I packed some running shoes when I came from Boston because it's uh, been pretty fast. Uh, So in 2017, it was uh, one of the cool stories. Um, I'll kind of make it as short as possible. But uh, when I was interviewing for the job, I flew out from Boston um, a couple of times. And on my final interview, um, I flew back and I had to go right back to work like – that afternoon uh, and I was sitting in my office and I had just met with John York and I was not really watching TV but ESPN was on and I heard this familiar voice in the background and I look up and it's John York on stage at the ESPYs accepting the award for humanitarian team of the year and I was like oh my god I just met with him and about this opportunity and he's now winning like what 
in our world in sports philanthropy is like the highest award that you uh, can receive. So when I got here in 2017, big year, Kyle started, John started, a lot of, lot of change. And one of the changes on the philanthropic side is that we went from an organization that did not have direct service programs, so did not have charitable programs that we run ourselves to one that we took in those two programs that I mentioned before, EDU and PrEP. We took those in and made them direct programs of the 49ers Foundation. So boom, that's a big one. Um, back then, I think our board was around seven to eight people. It's now, we just brought on three more. We are like knocking on the door of 20 uh, board members. Um, and then we've grown fundraising wise. Uh, back in 2017, we were right around a $3 million uh, organization. We're now a $10 million organization. So life comes at you fast and so do um, so does work. Uh, so we've been able to accomplish a lot over a short period of time, a uh, pandemic wedged in between uh, there, uh, but it's it's been an incredible ride so far. A lot of our guests, when they come on, always knew they kind of wanted to work in sports. I'm curious what came first for you. Was it wanting to work in sports or was it wanting to work kind of in the nonprofit space? That's a great one. Um, so I remember being, uh, so I went to uh, two schools. I went to Penn State uh, for the first couple of years. Uh, my mom uh, is a breast cancer survivor. And uh, when she was diagnosed, I just panicked and I transferred to a school in Boston called Suffolk University. And at Suffolk, my, I, had, I took a course that was taught by the head of the Shamrock Foundation. So the Boston Celtics kind of philanthropic arm. And it was literally at that point, moment light bulbs went off i didn't i until then i never knew that there were like this uh conversion of these two passions of mine which was sports and philanthropy uh my parents always you know every <laughs> every time i outgrew something we're putting it out for big brothers big sisters anytime like toys were done we're like donating it you know we're constantly giving 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 uh back um so i that's always been a big part um so took this course realized that uh, these worlds could coexist and I just lucked into it. I started volunteering for the Boston Red Sox Foundation when I was at Suffolk uh, and one thing led to the next and was able to land a entry level position with them and uh, right place at the right time. Uh, they went on and won the World Series soon after I was there and won a couple more while I was there and through that, we were able to raise a lot of money and do a lot of great things. And then this opportunity came. Uh, so being able to work in an industry where you take the passion of a region and the passion of a fan base and be able to apply it to a great um, cause and some great uh, social uh, capital in the community was like a dream for mine. So I don't know. That's a long-winded way of saying, I don't know, Patty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I love both. Is there a difference between a foundation in the MLB, like Red Sox Foundation, and NFL, like 49ers Foundation? You know, um, it's really interesting. So just the uh, Red Sox Foundation, they have an education program um, similar to our EDU program. And then they have an inner city baseball uh, program similar to our prep program. So they're very similar. Um, I did, I might've sold my wife on, hey, 81 home games versus 10. 
I didn't realize that it was going to be like equal the amount of work <laughs> somehow. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're pretty similar and they're both the largest in there. Um, so the Red Sox Foundation is the largest in MLB and 49ers Foundation is the largest uh, philanthropic uh, foundation in the NFL. So um, it was great experience being able to like start there and really see how it's done at a, a, a major market level. We all started, actually all three of us, in 2017. And one thing watching you that I really admire is in that time I've watched you be a boss who your employees love, but also be a father and a husband. How do you balance all of that? That is the toughest gig around. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, for sure. Um, yeah, the, the the family, I'm so blessed to have an amazing, amazing support system at home and amazing support system here. Uh, uh, some people know uh, we are one of the crazy families who, through the pandemic, decided to have another baby. So I have a 13-year-old uh, son, Jackson, a 9-year-old son, Kingston, and then a one-year-old daughter. So I'll, I'm committed to the game. I'm going to be parenting <laughs> for, like, life. Um, but my daughter was born with a heart condition, um, and she was born prem prematurely. Uh, and she had to have open-heart surgery at uh, two weeks old, uh, and then a, a GI procedure at about six weeks. And we were in the hospital for three months. And um, that was the definition of community to me, um, not only, uh, my community that I, where my home is, um, and my family coming in and I, you know, my mother was flying in, my sister-in-law was flying in, but also my work family and everybody rallied around, um, me from literally from ownership, um, who I have the uh, pleasure to work very, very closely with down to like my team members and people who are on my team and making sure that, I had everything and my family had everything that we need. So um, I try to return that love and that, you know, grace that they gave me as often and um, as as uh, much as I can uh, with them. So the, the balance is, is definitely tough because this is, I always tell people when you work in professional sports, you ladies know this, that it's the entertainment industry. So you're working when people can consume entertainment. So nights, weekends, and holidays um, and addition to the regular, you know, work day uh, and work week. Uh, so it's a lot. And uh, I'm just really fortunate that my family loves uh, the 49ers. <laughs> they love sports and uh, they allow me to follow my passion. I have one more family question. Coming from Boston, was it hard getting the boys to become 49ers fans? So they're lucky because I was never a Patriots fan. Oh, thank um, God. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I I also know a lot of the guys on the Patriots. They're very nice and everything, but it just I couldn't I couldn't uh, with the Patriots personally. Um, so we were kind of free agents <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, looking for a football team to really uh, attach to. So and they were young uh, then. So when we moved out here, Kingston was four. Um, and Jackson was like nine. Um, and so they were primed to find a, a football team and now, now they're all in. And congratulations. I know your daughter, I think just celebrated a first birthday, which Daddy is really does her research. I Thank do, you. you know, social media. Yeah, you're on it. You're <laughs> on it. What do you 
hope to see from the foundation moving forward? Like what's in store over the next five years? So we are at like this such a cool point in um, history uh, here where we just announced uh, an Oakland uh, legacy uh, partner. So we have our direct service partners. And then uh, when I came on board in 2017, we made the decision as an organization, instead of giving a little bit to a lot of different organizations, a lot of different nonprofits, we're really trying to um, identify what we call our legacy beneficiaries. So we have four legacy beneficiaries that we give kind of significant, more impactful grants to. We still do give out these little gifts here and there and, and um, working with the community relations department, give out um, donated items and help help a ton of nonprofits. But we have these legacy partners and we just uh, went through an extensive process that really started pre-pandemic um, and selected an Oakland-based nonprofit. And I will share that right now. This is like breaking news. Whoa. I don't know if you have any music yeah. to add in, <laughs> in post, but um, yeah, it's called the African American Female uh, Excellence Program. They're based in Oakland. It's an in-school program uh, and we couldn't be more excited about it. And the process was just so so 49ers it was so inclusive we had uh staff select uh, a committee of selectors from uh staff members who reviewed applications and then it went to our board of directors and executive leadership and then it ultimately went to ownership to de- to decide so it was really an inclusive process we had over 92 applications come in and um so I'm really excited to have now an Oakland um, legacy beneficiary. So that is really exciting to me. On February, excuse me, February 3rd, we helped get approved um, uh, girls flag football as a varsity sport in the state of California, which is huge. I mean, uh, to be a part of that movement and to think my daughter, who's one uh, now, um, in a couple of years when she's in high school, will have the opportunity to play flag football. Uh, that's so cool and to be a part of that movement. So um, the sky is, is seriously the limit. And uh, we're just so fortunate that we work for an organization who is saying, go for it. You know, if you see something, go for it. And they're going to get in your corner and give you the resources to go out and make it happen. You're also a member of our um, 49ers Black Employee Resource Group build. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement? I think you were kind of part of the early stages of getting that all set up. Build is holds a special place in uh, my heart. So um, it was during the pandemic, you know, May 25th, uh, 20, when uh, George Floyd was uh, murdered and a fellow colleague at the time, Nana Yah, called me up and he was like, hey, let's, we got to bring together our community, our community of, uh, of black employees and just have a space where we can talk uh, about what's going on. Because at that time, it just seemed like one thing after the next was just flaring up. Um, and so that's where it started. And again, like, I, I don't mean to like deliberately praise leadership here, but I can't help but say like Al Guido led the charge. Like Al Guido was our chair and he was a part. It was like Nana, myself and a, a couple other uh, uh, employees and Al. It was like five of us on calls uh, for a couple of weeks just talking you know, no agenda, just talking. Um, and that's how it started. And I, um, was, uh, really fortunate to be a part of our ERG and being billed and several have popped up, um, since and helped create the name build, um, which stands for black 
unity in leadership development. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> and uh, that is another one of those things that now I see it. Um, and again, balance. I can't be as involved as I was when I had two kids during a pandemic and wasn't coming in as much. But now I see so many other ERGs I know that you're both involved with. And um, we just announced uh, our uh, pride initiative bringing together our employees it's it's so it goes beyond build for me it's it's i love build but seeing all the other ergs that have come about since build it's just so so cool um because it's really what we're all about as an organization well i think like even when we talked about legacy beneficiaries and then flag football and ergs and being an ally and as someone in a leadership position, how has or why has championing diversity in the company and the community been so important to you? Yeah, so we just had an awesome um, intern, um, Tony Granberry. Uh, he was one of our two interns, and we just said goodbye to him last week. And in his little goodbye thing, he uh, really made uh, really uh, nice remarks, and he said... Um, you know, how important it was for him to work for somebody who looked like him and know that it was possible for somebody who looks like him and comes from a similar background um, to, to make it to a leadership uh, position. And that like hit me uh, because I don't really think of myself in that way necessarily as, you know, uh, as like a black leader, I think of myself as a leader of a team, you know, and him saying that was like a light bulb going off in my head and saying like, Oh my God, if he's seeing me like this, then, you know, people outside in the community are definitely seeing, seeing me like this. And it makes it so important to show, to show that just because your skin tone is one pigment does not preclude you from a, an opportunity to, to rise within, within the organization. And, uh, I, I certainly did not see when I was, you know, an intern way back when I didn't see people who look like me. And now I think a sign of the times is that that's the expectation. The expectation is to have diversity in leadership. And it's really cool to be a part of that um, and to really work for an organization uh, that cares about that and puts that uh, at the forefront. I think in talking about representation and just visibility, um, you also sit on a number of boards because uh, I did my research. It's the Silicon Valley Education Foundation, Mentor, 49ers Academy, Cambrian Park Little League San Jose. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Cambrian Park Little League. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about your involvement there and how maybe some of that, uh, what you might do there, kind of translates to what you do here? Yeah, Um Board service is um, something, I actually have a board meeting later today. Uh, board service is something that I really never thought was as important. You know, I just wasn't, I didn't have exposure earlier in my career. It was the type of thing when I was uh, coming up in my career, there were board members, but junior staff wasn't invited. So I really didn't know what was, what happened behind those closed doors and what, what, what it was all about. Boards are so important uh, to the health of organizations and the strategic direction, and it brings together so many people from you know different walks of life and gives that fifty thousand foot view. Um, so I love it 
I don't know how much my wife loves that I'm in all these sports, <laughs> on all these boards talk about balance, but I, I love it because it allows me to share some of the expertise that I've gra- gained over my career and, and uh, uh, provide that to whatever the, the initiative or whatever the board or the organization is. I truly, truly, truly think that everybody should try to find a board that they can join um, both of you included uh, in any capacity because it's great exposure. And for my team, um, I try to, now the team has grown quite a bit, but we, I, I open that door for our board meetings. My, my team sits in our, on our board uh, uh, meetings. And that was really important to me when I had the opportunity to become a leader, to not close that door um, because they need to understand what is happening on the other side of that door and why some of these decisions are being made and understand the thinking of the board, why we're going in certain directions. Um, so I think it's incredibly important. I think that if you have the opportunity to get involved, whether it be in an, on an advisory board or, um, you know, working for a nonprofit, people, nonprofits are going to say yes. They want, they, they want as much help as they can get, trust me. Uh, so if you can get in, involved in a board, 100% jump at that opportunity. How did you pick the boards you wanted to, or organizations you wanted to be a part of? Um, so they align with me. They align with uh, my belief system. Um, the uh, mentor program, I think mentorship is incredibly important uh, to to kids and there's a lot of kids out there who don't have mentorships and don't uh don't have mentors um so that organization focuses on providing um uh, mentors to to uh young people in need i try to find things that really are important to me and that that i'm excited about um and so i'm excited about education i'm excited about social justice i'm excited about um uh, sports uh, so that's kind of the boards that i'm uh, i'm on I am trying to, to say no or trying to maybe direct some boards to other people on my team uh, now, but I think like that is one way to start. Uh, if you're, if you have a passion for the outdoors, you know, go find a board that works with kids or communities to get them involved in the outdoors. If you have a passion for technology, there are nonprofit boards out there and they meet like a handful of times throughout the year and you're, expertise in your career can change the course of their, their, um, their organization. And I've seen it happen. So I, I just, again, I am doubling down on encouraging folks to get involved with uh, boards. Is there a criteria to join a board? I, I didn't realize like you're telling us to join boards. Like I didn't know we right. could. <laughs> you read like all of these organizations websites and it's like the CEO of Google yeah. and the, like, they're, like the board is out. Like, it's, it's a great question. Is there a criteria for joining a board? Sometimes, yes. Um, a lot of times, those are corporate boards. Um, if you can't get in a corporate board, definitely do that because those <laughs> actually pay. Um, uh, but for a nonprofit board, not so much. You know, um, uh, they are really looking for people who have capacity and who have a skill set. So, not always fundraising. I think one of the things that uh, nonprofits get a bad rap for is people just automatically assume like, oh, it's a nonprofit. They're going to be asking me for money. And sometimes like that is a, um, a deterrent. But really, boards want people who are going to be committed and who can bring some sort of perspective. So both of you have 
incredible marketing expertise and knowledge. And I think that could be hugely impactful. And same thing with anybody who's listening. I'm sure that there's people out there who know finance or who know technology or who know have a skill that maybe applies to their job or applies to a hobby and just sending an email. When I was in Boston, I was uh, on the board for healthcare for the homeless and I had no, <laughs> I had no knowledge in healthcare. Uh, and I just want, like, I hope anybody would want to help homeless and help the, uh, the, their situation improve, especially when it comes to healthcare. Um, so I just reached out. It was like a cold outreach and, asked if I could get involved and I started volunteering a little bit and then I found out a little bit more about the organization and then there was a board uh, opportunity and they said they welcomed me on and that's how it happened so there's not always requirements oftentimes it's like can you participate in these um, uh, meetings and can you uh, do, do you have something to contribute which everybody does Probably not joining the board, but if someone, I don't even know the answer to this. If someone wanted to be involved with the foundation, 49ers Foundation, is there ways that they could be involved? Yes, there are. <laughs> There's several different ways. So we uh, take uh, involvement in uh, a couple of different ways. Uh, so you can be involved from by coming to an event and, you know, uh, one of the things that was super important to me uh, coming into this role was, making our um, events more open, you know, and less exclusive and having events like Picnic that can, you know, a whole family can come to and, you know, working, having the opportunity to work with the team to have training camp and having that a $5 ticket to bring your family, that's being involved in the foundation. So if you've come out to training camp here, you are a part of the 49ers Foundation family. Um, If you're at a game day and you buy a 50-50 raffle ticket. Well, welcome to the 49ers Foundation family. As far as getting involved in some of our work and in, in working with young people, we do that through uh, our, our 49ers prep is always looking for volunteer coaches and volunteer uh, referees and, and people who can help with our leagues around the uh, Bay Area. We're working with this season. We will be uh, providing uh, free flag football to boys and girls uh, uh, to over 6,000 boys and girls. So we need volunteers. Um, Same thing with uh, 49ers EDU. If you have um, a son or daughter who you uh, want their school to come and be a part of our classroom program here at the school, you can contact us and that's a free uh, option and a free uh, opportunity to get involved. So yes, um, a shameless plug here, email us at uh, foundation at 49ers.com. You can definitely, uh, somebody from my team will get back to you and and find an opportunity to get you involved with uh, the 49ers Foundation. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. 
They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. You have a really close relationship with who many know, Jerry Rice, co-chairman of the 49ers Foundation. Can you tell us um, how involved he's been and just what, you know, working with him is like? Uh, Jerry's my guy. Uh, he is um, he's he is everything that you see on TV when, like, you see people on TV and you're like, I wonder if he's like that in real life. Yes. Like his personality is that big. He's that outgoing. He's that big hearted. He is all those things. Um, So when I got here, I realized and I knew very quickly that nobody's going to pay attention to me. Like if I come up on, you know, the Jumbotron or if I'm uh, on stage, you know, they're like, now it's time to go get a drink or go get a hot dog or (laughs) or something. But if somebody who has some notoriety gets up there, they might stay in their seat and they might listen to what uh, they're saying. So um, in 2017, I approached uh, Jerry and, and his amazing rep, Sasha, and I just pitched them on this. And before I did that, I asked around some people in the organization and they were like, I don't know, he's super busy. I don't know if he's going to be able to have the capacity to do this um, type of thing. And luckily he said yes, like immediately. It wasn't even, I. it was the softest sell of all time. Um, he said, absolutely. And his thing was, he was a champion on the field and he wanted to be a champion in the community. And he has been. He is so, so generous. I can't even tell you. Um, every time, every event, he's there. He signs autographs. He's taking pictures. He's on stage. He records all of our PSAs. He's just so, so giving. I, I don't think he's ever said no to anything that we've asked. Um, and it's it's uh, super unique. I don't know of many other organizations who have, you know, a um, Hall of Famer, you know, maybe one of the greatest to ever do it, representing their, their team charity. He's putting the 
never meet your heroes phrase to to the test. Shout out Jerry. Shout out Jerry. <laughs> During your time since 2017, have you had a favorite foundation event that you've hosted? Mm. Uh, you've hosted a lot of events. Um, I guess my favorite foundation event would have to be I'm going to have to go with Picnic. Um, it's just a really cool event. I guess I was wrestling between, uh, we just put on um, a uh, Foundation for Success event, which is like a high school resource fair, and we were able to bring in about 200 high school students. That is a different type of event. The Picnic was just so cool because it really opened up Levi Stadium. There's so many fans who may never get a chance to come to the stadium and see a game, let alone be on the field and have the run of the stadium and have 26 players come, you know, uh, during the off season and play catch and make backpacks with them to give out to um, the community. Uh, I think that was uh, my favorite event. You have another event, annual event, that's coming up, Golden Getaway. Sure do. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The countdown is on. It is uh, about a month from today uh, when Golden Getaway will take place, and there's nothing like it. It is very hard to describe what Golden Getaway is. This event is now in its 21st year, so it's now legally of drinking age, I suppose. Um, it started off in Lake Tahoe. It started off in uh, Tahoe as uh, Winterfest. And that was one of the things that really drew me to the organization. I, Working in uh, sports philanthropy, it's kind of like a small um, network. So I knew about Winterfest because I'm a huge skier. I love the outdoors. And I knew about Winterfest. And so I was really attracted to the opportunity to work this event in, in Tahoe. When I got here the first year, we had like five feet of snow that Winterfest, and it happened to be our last uh, our last Winterfest, and we relocated and changed the event and moved it down to Carmel, and it's been phenomenal. It's been absolutely phenomenal. So uh, we do a complete buyout of a, of a resort, and then we will have a celebrity golf tournament on Friday, and then Saturday is just an all-day. If you are a football fan, a 49ers fan, this is like your – you know, pinch me moment uh, because we have Hall of Fame alumni uh, there. We have our current players. We have our general manager. We have um, our coaching staff. And throughout the day, they're putting on chalk talk. There's player pathway conversations where we have player panels and they're talking to kids, really. They're, you know, so many times the parents get in front of the kids. We make this kid focus and they get the first opportunity to ask our players questions. There are all sorts of activities. It's on a ranch, so there's animals and all sorts of fun things. And then the final uh, night is we have a big party. Um, there's a concert uh, that takes place. It's just a phenomenal event. I've never seen anything like it, and um, it is about a month away. So if I have bags under my eyes and a couple <laughs> more gray hairs on top, that's why. You also host a lot of auctions throughout the year. If you could win any package that was allowed legally, what would it be? Because you guys have some really cool things. And you don't need to say Patty's social for and a day. You don't day. need to say social for a day just because I'm Ooh, sitting here. The social for the day is pretty fire. <laughs> Shout out, Patty. Uh, also, photographer, the, photographer for the day with uh, T. Lloyd is also a great one. 
I would say one of the cool ones that we have done, and we've done a lot. I might give, can I give you like more than one? Yeah. Okay. One, we got Kyle Shanahan's parking spot for all of last season, uh, which I don't think he realized it was the full season when he uh, made that donation. Uh, and that was just really cool to have a, um, a 49ers foundation, like a true fan, like a real diehard fan, be able to come in every day and po- park in the coach's parking spot. And then he parked next to him. Um the other uh, auction package, I think my next auction package that I would go with would be we do like this game day experience where you get to follow around like on a game day. You get to uh, start off seeing all the behind the scenes stuff. So you get to see Gold Rush rehearse. You get to go to the production meeting before I'm like a nerd who like loves the behind the scenes and like seeing how the sausage is made. So like, that's a really cool one. Um, we've done stuff with like Jerry with wine tastings and Steve young. Um, yeah, there's a ton of auction packages. Shout out to my team for their creativity because I couldn't think of half of the things that they come up with. I was trying to pitch Annie on a styled by Trent Williams. Ooh, (laughs) Still working on it. (laughs) Uh, Trent, shout out Trent, actually. He flew in on his own. Trent, Trent has a, a private jet, as some some know. He flew in to Golden Getaway on his own, like, flew in the same day, flew out, like, the next morning. Just, like, that was so cool to me to see, like, that sort of commitment from literally one of the best players in the NFL to say, like, I'm going to make a priority to, like, fly my own self there on my own plane and then you know spend time with the 49ers during the offseason that was really cool but yes to the style with Trent yes we'll put <laughs> on the list. yeah could you make that happen we'll please that happen. You, we've kind of gone around it with a couple different programs auctions 50 50 raffle what is your game day routine like <laughs> I feel like I just see you running around <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned uh you mentioned Annie so Annie um is our calls marketing and events manager and she is amazing and one of the things that she's most known for is her game day run of shows our game day run of show is like a four-page document that is timed out by the minute and um so for for like a one o'clock game i think at least i'm getting here around 8 a.m some members of my team are getting here like Annie and others are getting here a little bit earlier. Um, but my game days start with a stop at Stan's Donuts, pick up four dozen donuts, uh, two dozen for my team, two dozen for the production t- uh, staff up in the up in the booth because uh, I got to, again, grease the wheel. I'm looking at the candy there. I got to <laughs> give them donuts so they pum- promote the raffle. And then uh, we have a team meeting to start the day, and we go over everything that's going on in the day. So every game day we'll have auction winners, so people who have won meet-and-greet packages to um, uh, field passes to sitting in the owner's suite. We go over all of that. Then we uh, run a 50-50 raffle. We have a huge uh, 50-50 raffle program, uh, one of the biggest in the NFL. Uh, we, I meet with the team. We go over the goal. Um, uh, Morgan Cutter runs a, a, a tight ship down there. 
uh, and she gets them all excited. Then we have a Dig for Gold program. So if you're not familiar with Dig for Gold, it's a super cool initiative where we get uh, memorabilia straight from the locker room, and um, we are able to sell it and uh, raise money. Uh, and we have a team, so we meet with them, get them set up. Uh, and then from there, I'll, I will normally um, go and meet with ownership. So I just... Again, being the unicorns that we are in sports, our owners are so involved in the in our work in the community. Uh, so we meet uh, pregame, um, normally uh, right right before kickoff, uh, and then it is visits. <laughs> it is a series of laps around the stadium, uh, visiting anything from uh, beneficiaries. Uh, so we put on a teacher of the game program presented by Chevron. So meeting teachers that were welcoming to the stadium uh, and honoring them on the field before the game to students that we have our student of the game presented by uh, PG&E. And we are, I always wear sneakers on game days because like you're on your feet all day long, just lapping. Um, And it is a fast paced environment. I normally go home and watch the game because I don't really get to watch much of it during a game day. Um, but it's just a blast. I, I so look forward to game days. Um, that It just makes, there's so much energy in the uh, building and it makes me so excited to be here on a game day. We're going to need you to make that three dozen stands donuts. We don't sit very far from you, so it's an easy drop-off. Patty loves stands donuts. I love it. I got you, Patty. I got you. (laughs) Which, shout-out, you did once leave Dunkaroos on my desk. I'll never forget that. I didn't even know Dunkaroos made a comeback (laughs) until Patty put it on my radar. Patty still talks about that. Like, a couple weeks ago, she was like, do you remember when Justin got me Dunkaroos? That was so nice. Well, that's the dad when I'm doing grocery (laughs) shopping, and I see the Dunkaroos. I was like, I got Patty was the first thing, and then my kids. Uh, you were Thank the first you. thing that Thank came you. to mind. I appreciate you. Do you have a favorite memory since being with the Niners? You told us about your favorite foundation event, but what about just, like, a memory being here? Uh, w- no hesitation. NFC Championship 2019 was just bananas. Um, uh, that was such a cool moment to um, have that as a home game here and uh, be able to there was so much energy and everybody was celebrating and uh, I still have uh, a cup of confetti on my desk uh, that I grabbed from the field and uh, I remember um, the next season or the next time I put on like the the suit that I wore I like went in the pocket and there was like confetti in the pocket which was really cool so that was definitely um, that's one of the memories that I'll never forget that's mine too Haley is that yours know if I have one mm. I haven't like thought of it I think for me it's honestly not NFC championship or yeah NFC championship because I didn't get to do any of that really like I went from the press box to do like publishing pressers to I didn't stop and smell the roses and that's my biggest regret from that night Haley was working is what she's trying <laughs> yeah. to say she's yeah like, the rest of you were having fun <laughs> and I was working off. I just took a <laughs> detour to the field on my way to my desk to get back to work yeah I, I remember like going down to the field through the tunnel and I was like oh there's little John or little John little, uh, <laughs> little John dad moment um <laughs> And uh, it was just so super, so sorry. Next time I'll grab you on the, on the way. I actually, when we were going through the playoffs this year, it was what I told my whole team was like, you have to enjoy it because those are the moments that you'll remember. Like, 
I don't remember what I published that night, but I do remember like when I did get go- to go down to the field. So For sure. I, I just got back a couple of weeks ago from league meetings in, in Nashville, and you take it for granted. Like, seriously, we've been to the NFC Championship the last f- uh, three out of four years, and, you know, n- not throwing shade to anybody, but, like, there's some teams who haven't made the playoffs in that in that amount of time. So to be able to make it to the NFC Championship, you really do, like, have to soak it all in because it could be, you know, gone. You, we didn't win the Super Bowl, but you went to a Super Bowl with the 49ers. You've won a World Series. Which was more stressful? Because, uh, like, there's more games in a World Series. Two World Series. Uh, <laughs> just... just want to make sure that that's on the record. Just okay, sure. the Dodgers fan in you. Um, so which was more stressful? Um, definitely the Super Bowl. I, I think because the World Series is like seven games and you're always like, well, luckily, knock on wood, and again, not trying to boast or brag, but the at the time they swept both World Series that um, uh, when I was a part of the uh, Red Sox. But in theory, like there's always tomorrow with a seven game game series, or you know there there is a tomorrow with the Super Bowl. It was like literally did not sit down, edge of your seat, like couldn't like leave to go to the restroom. You're just like locked in on every single play um, because it's just one shot. Every single play matters. Um, uh, so definitely the Super Bowl. That was also an incredible memory. I can't believe I left that off as one of the best. That was just. Again, first-class organization. They flew out the entire org uh, from top down, uh, and we were there in Miami having, like, an incredible, incredible time. So it didn't come out the way we wanted, but that was, like, something I'll never forget. Yeah, my parents still talk about it. I don't know if I'll ever be able to give them such a grand experience. <laughs> my mom kind of reminds me that she wasn't invited to the, world, <laughs> to the Super Bowl from time to time, but next time, Mom, you're, you're there. It's, it's on tape now. Yes, yes, it's, yeah, she is a listener. She told me she would listen. That's why. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Justin, do you have any advice for anyone who wants to get into the industry? Yeah, uh, so I work with a lot of students and uh, college students and interns and whatnot. I think one really important thing is to be okay coming in at an entry level. Um, I started as a volunteer not even getting paid. I don't even know if that's allowed now. I think you have to be like a paid intern or, or whatnot. But, you know, I remember getting out of college and like I have my degree and I'm going to apply to be the manager of this program for the 49ers, you know, and it's like, no, there's there's people who started off lower and worked their way up to manager. Just be OK coming in and taking that entry level position, learning you learn so much when you're um, uh, kind of just getting started in your career. You have to be okay being a sponge. So I think my biggest piece of advice would be um, be comfortable with taking the entry-level opportunity. Be comfort comfortable saying, like, I don't know. And I think that's really a source of pride for a lot of people, myself included. You never want to say, I don't know. Uh, but... I much rather appreciate or I much appreciate when people say, I don't know that work on my team than like try to do something and we have to start all over. So I would say be be comfortable saying, I don't know, take the entry level opportunity and 
just remember, especially in sports, if you're able to get in, enjoy it. Enjoy it. There's so much work, but we do work in the toy department of life. Like we work in the toy department of life, um, especially a year ago. Like I said, I was in the hospital with my daughter and like that is serious work. Like that is literally life or death uh, work. And we get to come to Levi Stadium and make people happy and people love going on 49ers.com and going on uh, at 49ers and coming to events like we get to make people happy. So we should love what we do. Uh, So I that would be my uh, advice is try to love it and enjoy it. My favorite question, I've asked it, I think, on every episode of this podcast, or almost every, every job description has other duties as assigned as a bullet point at the very bottom. Have you done something with the 49ers that probably wasn't on that initial job description that would have been classified under other duties as assigned? Yes. Other duties as as assigned would be uh storage cleaning uh, <laughs> oh, God. we have a lot because of the dig for gold program we have a lot of storage and uh that sometimes requires renting trucks uh to move stuff so i've had the pleasure of doing that and yeah the 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 uh days that you are sweating in like an off-site storage facility those are not the days uh, that you envisioned when you were sitting in your interview, but it, you know, you don't raise the money without those days. And uh, there's always normally like a really good lunch or a meal after that. So that's something. It like definitely encompasses though, when anyone asks me like, what's your advice for, like, it's my first job in sports. Mine is always like no job is too small. Like you're going to get a learning like experience out of anything. Executive director doing storage clean out like embodies that 100%. Yeah, uh, you got to do it. You got to do it. You can't just be the you know person up there telling people to go clean out the storage. And then, then inevitably they're in the storage like being like, oh, where's Justin? He's probably you know, <laughs> eating shrimp cocktail somewhere. Uh, no, you got to you got to do it. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I think you're our first foundation guest. Yes, right. it's long overdue. Long overdue. Well, I seriously, seriously appreciate both of you from the bottom of my heart. The foundation uh, would not have half of uh, the success that we have without the eyeballs that we get from both of you, uh, what you guys do. And I don't think y'all get enough credit for all the hard work that you put in um, uh, because you literally touch almost every part of the organization and especially the community. So shout out to you, Patty, shout out to you, Haley, and shout out to the Oval Podcast. Thank you. Wow. You are our favorite guest. Yes, you really are. (laughs) The bar has been set. Enjoy the candy, too. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. 
You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.